The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life with your hosts, Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro. Welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, certified health coach, and I work with ambitious moms to help them get control of their food cravings so they can maintain a healthy weight without deprivation or complicated meal plans. And hello there. I'm Mary Preston. I'm a licensed therapist and a life coach, and I work with healthcare professionals who are feeling burnt out. And just an announcement, if you're working in healthcare and you're feeling exhausted and disconnected, um, you complain about your job all the time and can't seem to let go of the workday, maybe you're drinking or snacking a little more than you would like, come check me out. Uh, I'm working with people experiencing burnout. So if you have questions about working with me or Kisa, which you should work with Kisa, by the way, or any of our programs, the podcast, or anything about health and wellness, come join us in the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group. Awesome. Okay, guys, on to our topic of the day, which is developing a taste for healthier food, or as Mary puts it, can you learn to love broccoli? I sure hope so. <laughs> so during this episode, we will cover changing your sense of taste is possible the basics of taste buds, and how to get dopamine to work for you. All right, let's get started. So for some reason, you've decided that you want to change what you're eating. And for many folks listening to this podcast, you're at a place where you want to feel better. Keith and I have shared our stories over time that slowly we've discovered that the food we eat changes the way we physically feel. So either you're curious to see if adding a certain food will help you feel better, or you're on the journey of adding less sugar, sweeteners, salt, or some kind of flavorizer to your food. Flavorizer, I think that's a word, right? Perfect. Um, and the idea of changing what you're eating scares the bejesus out of you because you're afraid that you will not like the way your food tastes. Mm -hmm. But did you know that over time, you can actually develop a taste for a food that you previously didn't like, that over time, you might actually enjoy something that you thought was disgusting? It's true. People make these changes all of the time. Um, and so before writing this podcast, I did a little bit of the Googling as usual, and <laughs> I have found some, some information. Our sense of taste has developed over the ages as a survival tool. So fun fact that I discovered, taste as a sense in living creatures has been a thing for over 500 million years. It's a long time. It's a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the reason that's so important is because it is a very basic sense. It's very important to our survival. Mm -hmm. um, because basically those creatures that have taste can sense that a food is dangerous or poisonous and those that can sense that would survive better. And creatures that could sense that a food was nutritious or calorie dense would also have a better chance of surviving. So over time, humans have developed a taste for certain flavors. One of the problems is that today we're not going out into the forest smelling and tasting foods to see if they're healthy for us. Instead, we're being offered foods that have been biologically and chemically developed to play towards those profiles. 
So sweet flavors, which is a sign of sugars, once really difficult to attain, right? Mm -hmm. It was a sign that food was a fabulous source of nutrition and easy to use. Found in fruits and vegetables in the wild um, was a necessary thing. Now we're drawn to sweet flavors still, but the sweet foods available, available to us are so intense and rich that our sweet senses are no longer leading us towards survival. You know, we're eating a little bit too much of the sweets. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, this tastes good. I'm going to eat it versus I need to survive. Exactly. Yeah. Like when back in the day, it'd be like, all right, like I got to go out into the forest and scrounge around and taste everything and see what's sweet, right? Sweet things would be, would keep you alive. And so you'd really mm-hmm. want to go find those things. Now we're just served an overabundance of super sweet items everywhere. Right. So the point being, our taste buds are really just doing what they believe are best for us to keep us alive. Unfortunately, the more sweet we eat or drink, the more we want. Interestingly, this is one of the things I found on the Googling, but our Mm -hmm. taste buds only live for about two weeks or so. So I didn't realize that every two, about two weeks, obviously, you know, everything's different from person to person, but about every two Mm -hmm. weeks, your taste bud dies off and you grow a new one to replace it. Awesome. Pretty pretty neat, I thought. I didn't know that either. Mary. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Google. <laughs> Probably Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so this is the reason that over time you can develop a taste for something you previously had not enjoyed. So um, I know in my life I've developed a taste for flavors I didn't previously like. Um, and one of my earliest experiences seeing this happen was working in special, special education classrooms over the years. And although, you know, I was not in the business of working on nutritional aspects with kids, um, many of them did have doctors or specialists helping them develop a taste for foods Uh, because many of the kids in the classrooms I was working in had sensory needs and the only foods they would eat would be really specific. And if you've worked in a special education classroom or with just like really picky kids or picky, picky eaters, picky eaters, probably. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not picky, picky kids. I don't know. They're probably picky. Um, but those kids, right? Like when you're really picky eater when you're young yeah. or like kids with autism, sensory needs, they like chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. rice, hot dogs, mm-hmm. um, things that aren't very nutritious. And so a lot of the kids had uh, nutrition, you know, deficiencies. So, but over time, it was really interesting. You know, I would watch with care and love and consistency and a program, kids that wouldn't eat anything, but one food began to expand their flavor profiles to include a lot of other foods. And if those kids can do it, you can too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And not only do our taste buds change when changing foods, um, And like, you know, eliminating sugar and adding in more whole foods, but your dopamine levels change as well. So just like Mary had mentioned earlier, as far as, you know, like we're wired to crave sweet foods. So Mm -hmm. um, sweet, salty, and fatty foods. And not only does it, you know, it affects our taste buds, but it also affects our dopamine levels. So um, you're... Dopamine is a neurotransmitter in the brain that gives us pleasure. When we eat, like I said, sweet, salty, or fatty foods, we get a hit of dopamine, which gives us pleasure. And it also keeps us coming back for more. It's like, oh, those um, those raspberries were really good. They're nice and sweet. Okay, I want to get more and more and more. 
Uh, when we eat too much sugar, we get a concentrated hit of dopamine and the cookie or ice cream feels really good to eat. So what happens is when we eat a lot of added sugar, we get a lot of dopamine, a concentrated hit of dopamine. And then we crave more dopamine because it feels mm-hmm. good and we want more and more and more of it. And we, have, of course, live in this highly concentrated environment where there's food um, like accessible 24-7. It's so convenient. You can go anytime and get cookies or ice cream or cake or cupcakes or anything you want, basically, um, versus having to go out and look and forage for the raspberries or apples or blueberries or whatever it may be. Right. Tubers. Um, but then, so you, you're used to like kind of those highly concentrated hits of do- dopamine, but when you go and eat the broccoli or blueberry, it gives us a smaller amount of dop- dopamine, making it not that exciting. We're like, eh, or <laughs> do I have to eat that? <laughs> you know, you look at your plate of broccoli and you're like, really? Uh-huh. Do I have to eat that? Ugh. Like yeah. it does not seem enticing at all. Uh, So when you reduce or eliminate the amount of added sugar you consume, you're resetting your brain to be more sensitive to dopamine. And the dopamine you get from the broccoli or blueberries feels good. You're like, these are so good. I could eat a whole bowl of blueberries right now. And I do that sometimes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We just got back from um, a vacation to Hawaii. And there's a lot of foods available on Hawaii that are not available on Guam, such as blueberries. And just like the price comparison, it's just um, blueberries. And then another one is like, you know, those baby bell peppers. Oh yeah. We get them sometimes here, but they're like ridiculously expensive. And then I went to Hawaii (gasps) and there's just a lot cheaper. So I ate a bunch of blueberries on my trip and baby bell peppers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, you're like this, you know, like these blueberries taste delicious. I could eat like this whole box right now, or you start to crave broccoli. And I know it may sound crazy to some of you right now that you could actually crave vegetables, but it happens to me. And <laughs> I know, you know I'm, just- I'm listening to you and I'm like, I know that people are listening going, Oh, mm, blueberries and bell peppers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> super good. Yeah, but like, don't necessarily just listen to us, but or listen to me, but see for yourself. You yeah. know, go through the process yourself, and um, you know, see how your your taste buds can change, and that dopamine in your brain can reset. And I know um, later on at the end of the podcast, Mary has five tips on how to go about that. So um, she she will be sharing some tips later on in the podcast on how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to tell you about my experience because I think some people might be, you know, just, just know me from the podcast. And um, so they don't know, you know, my whole story. So if you've ever met me before, you know, that coffee is one of my very favorite things in life. Uh, As a teenager, I used to get up really early and sit with my mom before school and I'd pour myself a cup of coffee and we'd talk for a while before I had to get going. And, you know, even now just thinking about those times brings me a lot of comfort. Um, I have five siblings. So <laughs> being able to enjoy that quiet time before anyone else got up was really soothing. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love everybody in my family, but I don't think anyone would describe our group as quiet or calm when we get together. <laughs> 
So those times before the day got started were really important to me as a highly sensitive introvert. And so, you know, I've got these memories of sitting with my mom and having like nice, quiet, calm, soothing times. And my coffee in those days was mostly sugar and half and half. (laughs) Right. Um, I remember distinctly being able to scoop out sugar from the bottom of the cup after I'd finished my beverage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anybody who puts sugar in their coffee, um, you'll know, you know, that little, that little last spoonful at the bottom Mm -hmm. was quite lovely. Um, Over the years, I modified how much sugar I added, but I really love the taste of coffee as more of like a dessert. Mm -hmm. Then when I did my first Whole30 challenge in 2011, Um, it was a big shift for me. Previous to this point, I was doing like fat-free, low-calorie foods and just eating really such a small amount of food every day, you know, kind of like the old school dieting, like low-calorie, low-fat, fake processed foods. I was drinking a lot of diet soda, eating tiny portions, and I was skinny actually, but I felt awful. Mm -hmm. Um, My hair was thinning. I was getting headaches daily and every week or two, one would turn into a migraine. But my friend Jen challenged me to this 30 days of paleo and I accepted like just because I love a challenge, truly for no (laughs) other reason. And uh, I took it super seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Challenges have rules and I'm very good at rules. And so I stuck to everything very strictly. No sugar, no dairy, no flour, no alcohol, no corn, no soy, no artificial sweeteners, nothing processed. Um, and so I, I jumped in full force, ready to follow the rules. And then I was like, oh, hell, no sugar or dairy. <laughs> I, right? Like, what, how else do you drink coffee? That's, there is no other way. Right? Um, and so I remember thinking about the possibility. <laughs> like, I remember this feeling of like pain. <laughs> it, like, it almost hurt. It was like, how am I going to drink coffee? I love coffee so much. <laughs> Um, and I think at that point I had switched to like artificial sweeteners. I think I was doing like, I don't know, Splenda or something in my coffee, but you know, that was also off the table. It was probably like Splenda and skim milk or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, I was really convinced that black coffee would kill me. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I've probably shared memes over, I could look back on Facebook and there's probably jokes about people who drink black coffee as being like evil or something, you know? (laughs) Um, so I knew it was going to taste terrible and bitter and surely I would cry if it touched my taste buds. I knew right. it. Yeah. The thing about this challenge that I understand retroactively looking back is that I had to completely change my mindset about everything I've ever believed about food. Um, mm-hmm. I ate foods with fats. I stopped eating any kind of bread or chips. I ate nothing with sugar added, including sauces. And I stopped putting milk and sugar in my coffee and I began to drink my coffee black. Did I enjoy my coffee the first day? (laughs) Did I enjoy it? No. No, sir, I did not. (laughs) In fact, it tasted like ass. Let's be honest. (laughs) However, I had made a decision to go all in, to follow all of the rules. And the strangest thing happened over the course of just about two weeks. All of a sudden, I actually really liked my coffee black. Yeah. Um, Weird, right? Like, I was sure that it was going to kill me. Mm -hmm. And... In a short amount of time, I remember, you know, I don't remember it exactly two weeks, but I know it was way before the challenge was over and the challenge was 30 days. I actually was really enjoying my coffee the way it was simple. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So over the years, I've changed my mind about like what foods I would and wouldn't include in my diet. Um, but one of the things that have never cha- has not ever changed since then, um, I do actually still like my coffee black. Um, hmm. At this point, I add coconut milk to it um, just because, you know, there's that creaminess. That's yeah, really, that's like really lovely. I do enjoy that flavor. Yeah. But it's not like diners or um, restaurants ever carry like plain coconut milk from a can. So no. I just drink it black when I go to restaurants okay. and it's lovely. It's quite delicious. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so Mary, I have to laugh at your coffee experience because I had a similar experience myself. I love coffee and I love it mm. with half and half. And I've never been too much of a sweet coffee drinker except for in college. Um, but I have to have my half and half. So I freaked out when doing a paleo challenge and no dairy was one of the rules. So I too had to go black (laughs) with the coffee and I was scared and not sure what was going to happen. Really? It was, um, my morning ritual. I loved like that warm creaminess that helped me make early mornings manageable especially, you know, like when you have to get up early and it's just kind of like that one thing that's like comforting in the morning. Yeah. But alas, I didn't die or lay comatose (laughs) in my bed. I drank my coffee black. And like you, Mary, after a few weeks, I actually enjoyed it being black. I like got used to it and it tasted good. And it's, you know, to me, like my experience, it's so funny to look back at the situation now and kind of chuckle and how like, kind of like I made such a big deal about it in my mind, like all this kind of like drama in my mind that like what was going to happen is, you know, my mornings just aren't going to be the same. So, <laughs> so and then so like what hard. actually happened. <laughs> so hard. I just can't imagine my life without it. Um, you know, but then, you know, like what really happened was, I drank my coffee black. It kind of sucked for probably a couple weeks, but then I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. And even if I think even if it hadn't been like fantastic, it would have been fine. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. I did not die. No matter what, exactly. even if we hadn't enjoyed it, it did not kill us first. Yeah. It, yeah. It did not kill me. Um, didn't kill Mary. Um, and like now I can go a day without coffee or without cream and the world yeah. still turns and life goes on and it's no big deal. Um, but yeah. And like in that, in that experience, I mean, I've done many paleo challenges over the years and not only did my taste buds change for black coffee, but they also changed for other foods as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And the biggest, you know, the biggest significant change I noticed was that going without sugar for 30 days changed the taste of veggies for me. Mm -hmm. So once tasteless peppers were sweet to me and the same with carrots, they were much sweeter and I enjoyed eating them so much more. You know, I used to think of like, you know, like carrot sticks for, or like baby carrots as a snack. That was like not boring whatsoever. Like I <laughs> ate them, but I was just like, oh, this is so boring. Ugh. But now I'm just like, oh, they're so crunchy and sweet. And I just love them. Um, and yeah, I got so much more enjoyment out of vegetables after removing sugar from my food intake. And just, yeah. I mean, some of you are probably like, oh my gosh, I would never remove sugar. Um, but just decreasing, like look at the amount of sugar you're actually eating Mm-hmm. And look at ways you can decrease it. Not necessarily, you don't have to necessarily eliminate it from your diet. 
Um, but yeah, so, you know, now I crave veggies. And like I said, we just went on a trip and we were staying with my good friends and their families in a house and we would cook big breakfasts of eggs and bacon for everyone. And I would cook some spinach on the side because I just craved it. I'm just like, I need some spinach with this meal. <laughs> and that would have been unheard of for me pre-paleo challenges. And, you know, I didn't know eating veggies for breakfast was an option. It was always like cereal, toast, um, carnation instant breakfast. What else? <laughs> like any kind of like pancake or something like that or eggs. But now I crave them and I love eating a big salad for lunch um, or my new veggie that I'm obsessed with is stringless sugar snap peas. Oh, yum. are amazing. I don't know if, if any of y'all have had them or if you haven't had them, you got to go try them. They're so crunchy and sweet to me. Darn, I just and did my grocery shopping. I got to remember to get them next, next time. Next, next week. Mm-hmm. And so where I live, they come in a really small bag. And then on this trip, we found a huge bag of them, like kind of like (laughs) probably like three or four times the size of the bag I usually buy. And my husband and I, like, we just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we'll finish this in four days (laughs) because we were leaving in four days and they're just so good. And we bought them on a Tuesday and we finished them on a Friday. So. Yeah. It's just amazing how your taste buds can change and how the balancing of dopamine in your brain can change the way things taste and the pleasure you get from them. Not not to mention how awesome it is to crave whole foods and not sugar. Yeah. You know, like just that feeling. It's just, you know, it feels so awesome. So next, Mary has some five tips to help you change your taste buds. And so if you were thinking, you know, like, mm-hmm. I would really love to love broccoli, <laughs> listen to these tips because she'll walk you through ways that you can do that. Yeah. And, you know, I want to say, you know, I think Kisa and I have learned just kind of like by doing challenges, paleo challenges, and just, you know, over time figuring all this stuff out, but you don't have to do a whole 30 challenge where you take everything out. (laughs) No, you don't have to do that. (laughs) We're just talking before the podcast. You don't have to do anything. You are a grown adult. Uh You get get to choose your own path. And so, um, so number one, the first tip is know your why. And we are going to talk about this probably all the time because it's really important. Do you have a strong reason to change the food you're eating? Is it a strong enough reason for you? Sometimes if you're reasonably physically healthy, then it's not really important. And there's no rule that says you have to lose weight, eat certain foods, or spend all of your time meal planning. So if you're feeling pretty good, then ask yourself why you want to change what you're eating. Regardless, if you ask yourself why you want to eat differently, decide if that reason is compelling enough. Because if your why is not strong, this is going to be really challenging. Um, Oddly, you know, when somebody challenges me, um, that is a very compelling reason. (laughs) Because yeah. I don't want to lose. Yeah. And so that first time I went without sugar and dairy, um, that was a very strong reason for me. I was like, I will not. And we had publicly announced. <laughs> publicly. Yeah. Like, four or five of, like there was a group of five of us and we were like blogging, you know, and I'm sure like two people were reading the blog at that point. But I was like, <laughs> it was like a public announcement and I would not go down. 
having failed this challenge. So that was a very compelling reason for me, which made the switch like there was no alternative. I was just doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, tip number two is to change your mind. So if you want to enjoy the taste of different foods, then you first have to believe that it's possible. If you Mm -hmm. always believe that you will hate broccoli, you probably will. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you kind of got to give yourself a chance to see if it's something that's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Tip number three is exposure. So there's no way to change your taste buds without actually trying the food, which sounds strange, but I think we're always looking for the easy way, right? Like, how do I make broccoli taste delicious (laughs) the first time I eat it? You know, sprinkle sugar on it, I guess. (laughs) Add bacon. (gasps) Oh, never mind. There's a quick way. Add bacon. (laughs) Just add bacon. Just add bacon. (laughs) Even. (laughs) Right. But you do actually have to like. You have to eat the broccoli too. You can't just pick out the bacon. (laughs) (laughs) You have to put the bacon in or you have to put the broccoli in your mouth. (laughs) There's no going around it. No. If you want to like one of these foods, you have to actually eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And at first it's going to taste exactly (laughs) as you remember it which might not be a pleasant experience for you. But over time, if you eat it often enough, the level of pleasure you get from it, the taste will change. For sure. Um, Number four, um, go slow. There's two speeds to introduce new foods. Often we hear the advice for kids, and I think we talked about it um, kind of a while back when we were talking about um, helping your kids eat healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. You can like get vegetables into kids' food by like hiding it in spaghetti sauce and pizza meatballs, other already delicious food items, right? You can just add bacon to everything. <laughs> uh, and you can do the same for you. Yeah. You know, put a little, little bit of broccoli into your foods that you already enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or in the opposite direction, you could just put like a little less sugar in your coffee over time, right? Like just slow increments and slowly cut down on, you know, I'm saying sugar, but really anything that you're wanting to get less of into your mouth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, you know, and on the other side, put a little bit more of the things that you do want into your foods. And um, over time, it will change and you'll get used to it. Mm-hmm. And tip number five, right? I said there's two speeds. You could just pull the Band-Aid. Yeah, <laughs> pull knows, it off. Yeah, between Kisa and I, I think Kisa's, you know, Kisa's into like, we'll take it slow. And I'm like, do it. Don't eat anything <laughs> do but it. broccoli. <laughs> eat broccoli for five days. You'll love it afterwards. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the other speed is to just switch gears completely. Yeah. Um, and this is technically, you know, what we did during the challenges. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So I simply went through a phase of not enjoying my coffee at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't enjoy the taste of my food for a little bit. It seemed bland, less exciting. Um, however, this method also tends to switch quicker. Your body likes to have food. And if that's the kind of food that's available, if you're willing to eat it, your taste buds will literally just change over time and you'll start yeah. craving those foods instead. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the go slow method is, you know, like these small changes over time. So it takes longer to make that, maybe mm-hmm. that big change. Um, I don't want to say it's less painful. <laughs> I mean, you're still going to be introducing foods, but maybe like, it's just like small increments of pain. Whereas like when you pull the bandaid <laughs> off, it's like, like it sucks for like a month and then after that it's fine so and they're both great ways to do it i think knowing 
you know, just knowing yourself and how you do things. Yes. For me, personalities. Yeah. I'm like, pull that bandaid. I want to get it over. I'm going to endure the pain, be in discomfort and get it over Mm -hmm. with. Yeah. Just, yeah. Go with what feels good for you. (laughs) What you think will work for you. (laughs) Always, because like we said, you are an adult. You get to do things however you want. Yeah. You get to make your own choices. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. All righty, friends. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for being amazing as always and listening in. Definitely tune into our next episode where we're going to talk about what happens when you take sugar out of your diet in a little bit more detail. Mm Mm-hmm. If you'd like to know more about us, um, if you have any questions or comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. And then, of course, you can contact me at my website. That's at www.maryalisepreston.com or Kisa at her website at www.kisaamaro.com. And that's K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. Hey guys, if you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. We want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible, and we need your help to get our message out. We would greatly appreciate your help in reaching out to people who could benefit from our podcast. Definitely share it. And if you enjoy Mm -hmm. the show, we would love it if you would just leave us an honest review on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, Go to iTunes, search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews and click on write a review. Super helpful. Gets us, knocks us into a place where people can search for us and find us without actually being um, told what our website is. (laughs) So that's it. Super helpful. Share, share the message, rate us on iTunes, find us at our websites, find us on Facebook, Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa. Awesome. Bye, friends. (laughs) Bye.